Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, mom to Skylar, my incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast five years ago was that the content of each episode brings hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I sincerely hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life underscore Lori Hellman. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes or Audible, please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season five of Living the Sky Life. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Living the Sky Life. My guest today, continuing on with the Aging Out series, is an incredible mother of quadruplets. Molly is the mom to adult quadruplet men. They all just turned 21 this year. Her son, Benjamin, is impacted greatly by autism and epilepsy. And her son, Isaac, is also impacted by autism, but it presents differently than with his brother, Ben. The typical boys, Max and Caleb, have been incredible siblings and role models. Molly started her small business, No Label Knits, a few years ago with the hopes of incorporating Ben and Isaac. The limits of employment and other outside opportunities for the autistic adult population is something she is dedicated to improve. A portion of the sale of each knit hat that Molly hand makes goes towards Easter Seals of Wisconsin due to how much they've enhanced Ben's life. In addition to being a full-time caregiver for Ben, Molly carves out time to continue her lifelong passions, running and swimming. You can connect with Molly on Instagram at no label knits. And I enjoyed my conversation so much with her. I can't imagine having two children on the spectrum um, as a product of four boys that are all 21 years old. Um, but there are so many similarities between Ben and Skylar. I feel like I say that all the time with every guest I have on. But the limits and the lists and the aging out process is something that uh, Molly is ahead of me in and has experienced firsthand uh, the limitations for our kids. So uh, please enjoy my conversation with Molly. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I'm so excited to have another episode in my series of Aging Out. I'm trying to find and talk to a lot of parents who are in a similar situation as me with um, a child that is in their 20s and either aging out or has already aged out. So my guest today is Molly from No Label Knits on Instagram. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Molly. So welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you very much. I'm so glad we finally got a chance to connect. I've been trying and hearing about you for so long and following you for so long. And we have mutual parent friends uh, from social media. <laughs> so everyone's like, you've got to talk to Molly. Um, so I guess just to get started, you are the mother of quadruplet boys. Um, and one of your boys, Ben, right, is on the spectrum. I, I wasn't sure if Isaac is technically on the spectrum also, or if, if that's, if it's just Ben that was diagnosed with autism. So actually uh, Ben and Isaac, and it's interesting because I've thought about this a lot. Like would I really even need social media if, uh-huh. if we, if we had Isaac, if Ben, which we're glad Ben's with us in here, but mm-hmm. Isaac's is very different. Um, I know the term high functioning isn't right. used as much. I never know what to say anymore. I'll probably get in trouble for something, but <laughs> he is definitely on the higher end functioning and he drives, which we did not know he'd be able to do. He's driving. He's working. He's a good example though, too, of like where the, the public school system and the transitions program worked really nicely for yeah. him. Yeah, where because of Ben's needs, it didn't work. So it's good that I have both of them because Isaac was like, in some ways, the poster child for what could work, but also what was also needed for 
individuals like Ben. Mm -hmm. So when Isaac was in high school, they had this cafeteria, this coffee shop called Coca Pelli, and I think it's brilliant. They, they've had it for years, and they couple special needs students with their peers, and they all they work and they run the cash register. They serve the coffee, and the students can come in in the morning. And it's a kind of a fun, kind of reminds me of a college bookstore too. It's got the high school gear and they can purchase things. And Isaac was really good at like doing the cart and going around to different classrooms. So all that is awesome. And but that's an example of something that the goal was to get Ben over to Cocapelli and we just never right. got there. We never got him there. So it was really interesting. Like my heart was happy that that system worked well for Isaac, but it was sad mm -hmm. that it didn't work well for Ben. And Isaac also though, I found out, I'm really embarrassed to say this. I found out like halfway through high school that he was eating alone in the lunchroom. And this oh. is Isaac. So yeah, there was, there was definitely social aspects that affected, affect him greatly. He, you know, on one hand, it's great. He was on the cross country and swim team all four years. And that was wonderful. But I think then sometimes people just assumed, oh, he's fine, he's fine. And there were still, I remember going to a cross country meeting and my heart just kind of sunk because I walked in the auditorium and he was waiting for me. And it was like peer groups, peer groups, peer groups, at least three to five kids sitting, talking amongst themselves. And then he was alone. Mm -hmm. And that just summed up. Yeah, so there's things that I had to look out for him and things we worry about long-term with him. He is, he works as at a dog groomer and they've been wonderful. It's all women and they just really look after him. He's been there two years and he helps blow dry the dogs, Aww, bathe the dogs. Cool. He loves, it's, it's great. Um, but I do, we do have to, we're, we have guardianship for Ben and Isaac because yeah. we do worry about him. He's vulnerable. Yeah. He's vulnerable and, you know, and we love that he drives, but he drives to very specific places. Um, and my, my son who's the, though, about all the things it, he can do and that, you know, you just are never sure, especially when they're growing up, like what they're capable of. But the fact that he was, um, you know, given the opportunities for those things and introduced to that stuff, that's awesome. But it is awesome. I, I think you can understand. I like, I am happy for him. Mm -hmm. but then I'm like, oh, I wish this kind of stuff could have you know, could work for Ben, but right. they're just, they're very different. But Isaac's also really good with Ben. In fact, right. He, so he works three days a week right now. So he's home on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And when we were talking off the recording about good states that have good benefits, mm -hmm. my boys have been able, excuse me, my boys have been able to make income as respite providers for Ben since they were 16, Yeah, which I didn't know about. And I think that's really important because I think you've posted about, we've talked about finding caregivers. Mm -hmm. It's not a guarantee, but I think family members can be a really good avenue to go down. So yeah. I, living in Minnesota and now living in Wisconsin, it's always been available that family members could provide personal care and respite. I can, once Ben turned 18, I can provide yep, me too. personal care. See, and I, I didn't realize that that's not the case. Yeah. Cause I posted everybody. about being Skylar's respite, paid respite provider, which is, I mean, it's so silly to me because I do everything anyways. And the respite is supposed to give me a break, you know, <laughs> I know. So, but I just give the money to Skylar. I just, you know, put it in his trust or whatever. And, and well, I'm glad see, that, that I'm yeah. able to do that. But but yeah, there are a lot of people who are like, what? You you can be paid for all the things that you already do. And I'm like, yeah, as soon as he turned 18, I didn't want those hours to go to waste because his entire life, we've never had a respite worker ever. Like we just cannot find anyone who will show up. It's very, you know, we, we need to talk about that. And I will say, it's funny in Wisconsin. So I can't be Ben's respite because the whole point is the, yeah. So it's, I'm glad Indiana will let you do that. So I can his personal care worker and at first they felt really funny about that but I've gotten over it like you said it's a you know what <laughs> it's a great yeah. it's a great option I suppose I felt funny about it for a long time but I'm kind of over it because 
like you said, you can put it into their trusts. Yep. Um, it certainly helped Greg and I because it isn't possible for me to work outside the home. Yeah. I think um, that's why a lot of parents do it because they need an income of some kind and you're doing their laundry sure. and, cooking and their stuff all the time. So you, you need an outlet for that is, um, we were talking a little bit about Isaac, but is Ben, um, is he nonverbal completely or is so, minimal? No, Ben has, he does have language. He was okay. nonverbal, considered not nonverbal for a long time. He does have some language. You know, he told me today in the car, help please. And handed oh. me the bag of, cause we went shipped hats and then he gets his bags of Lay's potato chips. And I'm thinking that's really cool. He can say things like that. I always say he's, he has language, but he's not conversational. So mm -hmm. if he's really upset, hurting himself, I can't say, why are you doing that? How, how are you feeling? Does your head hurt? Can't answer it. A lot of times then he'll just repeat back. Why are you doing that? Head hurt, you know? Mm. So he's echolalic. Yep. Um, but some of his language is really functional. Some of it is scripted. Here he comes right now. Hello. Um, so I'm thankful that that's come along because we participated in the University of Wisconsin's uh, communication AIDS clinic where he got a device. When we moved here, we've been here 11 years and I was all excited. I'm going to try the device again. The AAC just hasn't worked for Ben and we my husband and I can only figure out, I think because he has some language, yeah. he's resistant. He's like, well, I don't, we just haven't gotten him to a place where he's using that to say how he feels. That's our biggest thing. I'd love to know how he feels. And that's can, the hardest one for sure. It's so there. much harder for people to, it does, is. does Ben use the iPad or like get on YouTube or any of that stuff? Okay, another good question. So we cannot allow that right now because what happens is he goes into these, like on the black holes of YouTube. Okay. He's not watching anything inappropriate, which we're glad about. It's all very innocent, but we find like there's certain things like veggie tales. He thinks he likes it initially. It's all smiles and he's flapping and stimming and, and then he becomes very upset. Or he gets very fixated on a certain video, rewind it, you know, with the screen. So for some reason, we just do old fashioned DVDs. Mm -hmm. He's figured out how to work our remote better than I can. Knock wood, for some reason, it's been fairly a safe thing. We've yes. had to, yeah, he, he can't have a phone, a device. When he goes to camp, I tell his counselors, like, don't let him trick you. Because someone comes to me, oh, yeah, he used my phone. It was great. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> I just Back wondered again. because their, their ages, you know, Skylar's age, we didn't have that stuff. I mean, there weren't iPads when my kids were little. So Skylar's never, ever held an iPad. I've tried Proloquo. We've tried the iPads. He just doesn't, he looks at it and is like, I don't, I don't know what this thing is. Like, I'm not sure. So on the one hand, I'm glad, I guess, that he's not obsessed with this device. And that, you know, like a lot of parents say, they, if, if their iPad or their internet goes out or something. Oh my God. It's like chaos. But the other hand, I would love for Skylar to be able to be occupied <laughs> alone without, I me know for two seconds, but we don't have anything. That's that true. Fixate because on. during COVID, Ben could be on our PC and he can work the mouse really well. And so there was like 12 or 14 months where it was okay. And then it just, he found some things that just upset him and we just had to take it away because they have then they're bang he's banging his head you know and he's just it's just brutal and um obviously it's not what we want you know so yeah the internet is a screens are a catch-22 in mm -hmm. some ways i'm not anti-screen i mean we'd be lost without him but his attention span is getting you know my husband has worked really hard to get him to watch um, movies and, and a little more age appropriate. Um, I don't mind that he like, you know, he, I think he's always going to love baby Einstein. He just always has, but yeah, my husband's been good at pushing him. Cause I'm thinking, Oh, he'll never sit through, you know, like curious George. And now he loves it. And he loves the soundtrack. So when he's out in his pool, we can play the soundtrack and he's super happy. I just don't want to take that stuff away from, I mean, Skylar has been an Elmo's world devotee not even he flips and flops sometimes he'll watch episodes of sesame street but he loves almost world and his 
the biggest smile comes and his favorite part is the blue screen when it's the warning and it's like, don't record. Like he knows it's starting. He's so excited. And I'm like, if that brings a smile to his face, I don't care that he's 20 years old and he likes Elmo's world. He likes a lot of things, but he just doesn't have the attention span to sit through. You know, we've, we've done, um, the toy story movies. He kind of likes those. He, um, but you know, it's just, even if I watch part of it, I just, I'm trying to give him new things. Well, that's true. And I, you know, I am not, I am a huge fan of Sesame Street. I like Sesame Street and I attribute that. I thank them. I think they've taught Ben letters, words. Um, Every night we read right now, we've been up for months long. When I tuck him in at night, it's Brown Bear, Brown Bear by Eric Carle. I love that book. Yeah. You know, when part of me, yeah, I will, I will work on expanding, but I also think Ben actually can read pretty well. And I kind of learned that through the Eric Carl books and Sesame Street. So I'm like, you know what? I think the repetition has taught him and color recognition was really hard for a long time. And so I just assumed at some point he was colorblind because my dad is. And, but now just in the last, I'd say when he turned 19, he started recognizing colors. That's the other thing when we're out on our trail walk. I like right now I love pointing to the wildflowers and asking him what those colors are. And mm-hmm. he usually will tell me correctly what they are. Sometimes cool. he'll repeat, he'll repeat back my question. But if I ask a few times or so, yeah, some of that stuff that seems childlike actually is appropriate, I think, and helpful with how they learn and continue to learn. So, and like mm-hmm. you said, if it, it makes them happy and is soothing, I, I watch certain tv series over again because it's it's the predictability too lessens their anxiety yep so i think we have to remember that too yeah like Mm -hmm. you said he knows skylar knows when the blue screen comes on he knows what's going to come and that that makes him happy yep and i'm all about it (laughs) hey you know what yeah (laughs) you know this is kind of a good lead-in obviously to the to the series about just aging out and you know your experience finding resource and options but the other part of it is that I can't hadn't really thought about until you just mentioned that about just learning new things about Ben um if there is a benefit I I don't like to use that term I guess but you know my biggest concern in doing this series is that I'm panicked about spending 24 hours a day you know less the sleeping time with Skylar seven days a week and kind of feeling resentful that my husband's out working and that I'm trying to entertain him. And we've talked about that a little bit before we started recording and just the need to keep his day filled. Um, but I think the the beauty of also being with him every day and him not being at school is that I'll learn so much more about him that I'm not seeing during the day. So I'm sure there's a give and take to it, but I guess to just kind of start this, when you knew Ben was going to be aging out at 21, I guess, in Wisconsin, it is. Um, what, I, I assume you were researching day programs and trying to find things to place him in, or is there just nothing to find? Oh, Lori, wouldn't you think I would? Here's the funny thing. I was thinking about this this morning before we talked. Denial is an interesting place to be, and I... Did not really do a very good job, but I I have a real, okay. So his social worker who I loved, I didn't realize at 18, we were going to lose her. She's lovely, but she dialed me in. And what I use now is a a program called Iris. So I find Ben's like camp. I find resources and I, I throw it over to a consultant. She's wonderful. And she helps me she pays pays for it she funds it like she's in charge of his tells me what his budget is and i find the things and she will also help me find things okay one thing i was thinking of is should i have put him on certain wait lists sooner is he on I don't re- well now he is and part of me is like should i have done this two years ago but i i feel like that there was at some point where i couldn't put him on certain things until he was a certain age so long and short is finally in January of this year, we had five, six months left. She and I met, I said, I emailed her and said, make me meet with you because I can't put this off anymore. 
So we talked about, well, are there day programs there? Cause like my thing is, is that that's what I want Skylar. Cause he's already used to being out of the house. Like you said before, even if it's four hours or five hours, it doesn't have to be an eight hour day. Like he's experiencing now. I just want him to have peers. I want him to be away from me because he's probably sick of me. Like I do everything. And he probably was like, mom, leave me alone. <laughs> like my daughter and like anybody else would. I know. And you know what? I've, I've learned that about Ben. And that's where I felt really, I was really sad and paralyzed in June and he was, his behaviors had spiked. So it was June was not good. July was better. Now we're really smooth, but okay. A couple of things. So he is on two wait lists. It could be a couple of years. I'm okay with that especially right now he's in a good place. So I feel like it's a whole thing. Right. He's happy. I'm happy. You know that. So my sister, who's the pediatrician, she visited us in July and it was really cool. A new coffee shop opened up in our town. And we, I said, Oh, I want to try this place. And my sister was going to stay at the boutique motel hotel above it. So I said, let's go over. And we were pulling in and this big white van pulled in, didn't have any decals or anything, but it was these, the staff, getting adults with disabilities off. And I, of course, I'll talk to anyone. I rolled down my window and I said, hey, it was the lady kind of closing out the bus. I said, I don't want to keep you because I know you've got your hands full, but this is my son, Ben. He just aged out. And she's like, oh, our organization is called Mark. It's Madison something, M-A-R-C. We would love to put Ben on our wait list. And I said, is it true? It could be a few years. And she said, yeah. And I said, that's okay. She was super nice. So I, as soon as I got home, I emailed my Iris consultant and she's like, oh yeah, we can put him on that. I forget the other wait list he's on right now. So it was really cool. And my sister and I were like, I wonder why they didn't have a, you know, anything on that identified them. She's like, well, they might not want to. (laughs) Um, But this woman I talked to briefly, it's the same thing. And this is not going to surprise you. So adult day programs in theory are wonderful, but here's the issue. Staff turnover mm-hmm. pay. So I just got noticed that I'm getting a 50 cent an hour pay increase for being Ben's caregiver. And they said in this letter, they're like, you know, it's a start. And I'm like, I don't care what yeah. they pay me. Like you and I've talked about to me, it's a not, it's a nice to have, not a need to have. And I appreciate it. And I would care for him regardless. So, but I guess it's kind of cool. I'm like, well, I guess, you know, for a long time, I was a stay-at-home mom, stay mom, and now I'm like, hey, I have some credentials. I've been with Community Living Alliance for over two years. I'm a caregiver, and I think I'm pretty good mm-hmm. at it. But I'm also seeing that the pitfalls, it is it is pay. You know, they they can make more on, I see, you know, people hiring at you know, fast food, 18 an we hour. Have Amazon here, and people that, are I, jumping at them, and yeah, they're quitting all these respite I like, jobs. Yep. I like respite because... um. Like I can pay my respite caregiver who's who's got a degree in special education. Like I just found out, I think, you know, she was making 16 an hour and I'm just going to be really open with, and I can pay her 20 now. And I told my consultant, I love that. My consultant agreed. She's like, Ben has it in his budget. I'm like, they need to yeah. be making that. So let's circle back to all this with Ben and Skylar. I'm sure you've heard this too. I've, I've heard, oh, you're in a college town. Just yes. post around. I'm sure Tell kids would love to day. come work for you. Well- couple things about that it's super weird to have somebody in your house so you have to be really comfortable with them I feel like I it has to happen more organically like I found Alexis who we love she's awesome and she's apologized so summer I'm sorry I haven't been there more but I'm like hey the fact that you've shown up a few times and just like gone out to lunch with us is mm-hmm. huge it's it's weird to have someone in your home and but I also Ideally, too, I'd love to have someone that can come and take Ben out. I'm not comfortable with that yet because I don't want him to have a behavior. Alexis could probably handle it, but I want to be with them. He almost needs two on Mm -hmm. one just for, you know, so my gosh, trying to find a second person. So I guess what I'd like people to know, and even well-intentioned, like, my family's great, but I know a lot of well-intentioned family members that tell other families, 
Well, just, yeah, just post it and find someone. It's, it's like, babysitting. there's so many layers to it. It's not like trying to find it's a not, sitter. It's not no. babysitting. It's, um, it can be, and it can probably, be, it can be really boring yeah. at times. Like, I'm like, Ben might just want to sit, say, and watch Baby Einstein for an hour and a half. So I try, the few people I've had in here, I try and treat them like family because they, they see everything. Yeah. Like if I'm irritated with one of the other boys or my husband and I are irritated or if the dogs are dry, they see everything. And so it, that can feel weird. Mm. And also to talk about the reality of it, I've had, in Minnesota, I had two friends and it just, it worked. These two friends were just, I'm very lucky that it worked. And moving away from them has been really hard because I think to this day, they'd still be with me. And it just, they saw everything because mm-hmm. they, one of my friends started when the boys were little. So she saw me like at the end of my rope and I don't usually go there anymore. You know, having four small children was a whole, and then Isaac was a lot harder back then. So Isaac and Ben, it was yeah. very strong. The autism vibe was running very strong in the house and on top of, you know, trying to help the other two, Caleb and Max and blah. But she saw everything and I just got to a point where, and she just was great. And she had the personality of no judgment. She wasn't going around my behind my back. Oh my God, you should have seen, or Molly broke down today. Or it was just a very nice, mutual mm-hmm. respect, trusting situation. But I have had, I've had one girl, you know, and I feel really bad about this to this day, a family friend's daughter came to help and it it was too much for mm-hmm. her I left her her and Max with Ben to run and get one of the other boys they were like in middle school and I remember feeling really like oh I'm making you know this is working and I was gone like 15 minutes of course Ben had a situation call him an episode and I wasn't there it's like everything was fine of course the minute I leave and I talked to her mom who was a friend and it just was yeah. And it was like, yeah, this is going to be too much for her. And I felt so bad. And you feel at the time I felt really embarrassed. I don't think I'd feel embarrassed anymore, but just hindsight, looking back, I'm like, okay, it didn't work. She was a very mature 16 year old, but that was, it was just, she was no too much. And then we had another friend who I loved and she hung in there, but um, Ben bit her arm one day and left quite a a bruise. And so I, I let the, the, I think she was working through who I work for community living Alliance. I like filed it as an incident and she's super nice and she's a nurse now and she was awesome, but it was mortifying to Mm me. You know, I worked out, I worked out with her CrossFit. I swam with her. It worked, it worked out, but I'm like, those things can like, I think it weighs more on us. I mean, the guilt and the anxiety, I feel this is, this is why I always say, you know what? I shouldn't complain about not having respite because it having respite almost brings me more stress and anxiety than not because I'm so worried about them. And like you said, the first visit, if if people came at all, the first visit, I and my husband would stay uh, in another level of the house or something. And we're here if you need us just because we didn't want to leave them alone. Cause we just, when Skylar meets someone new, he hazes them. He, he hasn't pulled hair in a long time, but by golly, if it's a girl who didn't put her hair up, like I told her to, um, he'll, he'll pull her hair. And then I feel awful about that. And the other thing with Skylar, that's the catch is I don't want at this point, a peer, a female peer as his caregiver, because he's not toilet trained. And I can only think of how undignified and embarrassing that might be to have some cute little girl that's in her early 20s from college taking care of him and wiping his behind it's just you know I mean oh yes you know that's a whole other male like a 30 year old that is really good at this that just wants to hang out with him and take him places and spend time with him and be his buddy because he doesn't have any friends not a single friend and you know that I, I understand this and I'm, that's where I will say, I know it is not lost to me. The whole quadruplet factor as overwhelming as it's been is a huge bonus for us. And Ben and Isaac, Isaac just like, he's with Ben right now. He just gets Ben. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. The telepathy they have is very unique. 
I don't ask Isaac to do any cares. Sometimes you want, I'm like, no, no, Isaac, like even like helping Ben get in his swimsuit. I don't even want him to have to do that for, for Isaac's sake too. Like, so, but I was going to tell you the heart, one of the hardest things, I think the reason I had a really hard time with him aging out is the last two years, Ben was at Richardson school. He had a male teacher for the first time. And Mr. Jeff, I'll just call him Mr. Jeff. And he was so good. And Ben had two other very similar like in needs peers. And they were just, you know, I'd go in the room when they'd have like parent days. And it was, I kind of felt like the last few years, I finally found this optimal setting and this male. And I'd say, you know, he's had wonderful female teachers, but to have a male was so great. And so back to your point, in a perfect world, I'd have a Mr. Jeff, but it's, it's not going to be enough for, to sustain, sustain someone career wise. Right. So like a male coming to your house, so it would have to be part-time, which is fine, I think. But yet you talk about having to dig and sift and really find this person that can be Skylar's buddy peer, also do his personal yeah. cares. And I think that takes a special person. I've, you know, I was a para for a while and what I had to get used to is caring for your own kids is one whole thing. You don't think about it, but I had to get used to like, oh, I was, I I was kind of surprised and disappointed in myself where I felt a little uncomfortable and funny about helping someone else like in the bathroom. And I kind of gave myself a talking to and said, get over it. And I did, but I love these people like, some of the caregivers we've had, like Alexis, she just, she doesn't bother her at all. And it's such a relief for yeah. me. So before you and I started recording, you were telling me a little bit about, cause you've had three, three months or so now, um, to kind of be the, the programmer for Ben's days and all of that stuff. And what you learned about initially wanting to schedule so much of his day and always keep him moving and that you quickly realized he just needs some time to just kind of regroup in between activities or to wake up in the morning and just kind of spend some time in the house. So, you know, can you explain a little bit about that? And like, what is a typical yeah. day look like for you guys now um, that you've kind of uncovered what he needs and what he wants and a balance? Yes. Yeah, so, so I had so much anxiety over it that I, I think I, I, I know I made it worse. It was hard in June. He was having a lot of behaviors. He injured himself horribly on father's day. And this was, and honestly, I can't say this was because he aged out. We saw some spikes in behavior late spring. So I don't know, like, you know, I try and track. Maybe he missed Mr. And Jeff I also want to, you know, he did miss some of that routine. Ma- for sure for sure I think that was it but I also just yeah he goes through these bouts where he's just more self-interest and we don't always know why Mm -hmm. and I want to make sure that I say that we're fortunate in the fact that certain medications have really helped Ben so what we needed because Ben put on he's gotten significantly bigger in the last couple of years some of that was medication side effects and I think we have that figure out some of it's just we're just I'm five nine. My husband's six four. Caleb six five. We're just tall, bigger family. So, I think now we're in August. He's really chill. I haven't I haven't documented any. Well, that's not true. A very few episodes. None that have required medication intervention. So I think a couple of things. The, we did an increase in June because June got so bad, and I think you know, the weeks he's been on that, it's just putting him in a, in a good place. So I want to make sure I do give, give the medication some credit. Also, my friend and I were texting the other day, her son's in the military, and she said he just got a tattoo that says what stands in your way becomes the way. I don't know who said it, but I was like, wow, is that ever true? Like when I was talking about roadblocks, I have somewhat let Ben drive a little more Mm -hmm. versus me trying to steer it, figuring out, you know, I was surprised when I gave him the option to go to the trails and he loves the book Jamberry Jam. And it's, they go, I think under the bridge and over the dam, but we go over the bridge and 
he'll say like Jamberry, he'll call it that uh-huh. that way. And he wants to go that way. And I just kind of let him dictate the direction we're going to go. And that can't always happen. But I think I was so stuck in like the first four to six weeks that it, and I was just like this. And he was like this. I mean, even me trying to go running, he'd start to cry and have a fit. If it, you know what we've now he's accepted, you know, and I, so I set a timer and then we're lucky again. I'm very lucky that Isaac's here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So Isaac goes running and he comes back. Then I usually got to get up done first thing in the day, but I don't want to necessarily my body at, I mean, I'm 54 doesn't really want to get yeah. up at 5am and go running. If I get up at 5am, it's to have coffee and like scroll and just wake up. It just, but I remember going downstairs and getting on my spin bike and he came down and he, and he's just like crying and it was kind of attention seeking crying more than it was. I think it was genuine sadness, but it completely stressed me out. And I completely was like, Oh, how am I ever going to make all this work? Everything just seemed like it was coming to an end. Um, and I just learned, I'm like, look, you're three months into this. And he, I say mom exercises when I do like my strength training, my kettlebell. And, and to be honest, I should be doing more strength training. It's something I've always put off, but now that I'm getting older, I can't avoid it anymore. So it's a weird blessing. And all I need is mm-hmm. a mat and a few kettlebells. And he can see me, he can check in, he can come in and check. And it takes me 35 minutes. And so I'm learning, like, that's been an unexpected, what I thought was standing in my way has become mm-hmm. the way. I've learned, you know, that I I really like trail running. I've been trying to like run like I used to on the roads and it's just not, it's not there anymore. I, you know, I'm menopause, 54 yeah. year old woman. It's like, and now I'm like, I was on the trails the other day going, this feels really good. The surface and it's really mentally good to just be, it was a, it was a hot morning. It was Tuesday morning. It wasn't as hot as it is now, but, and I just took the pressure off like how fast I had to run. And I remember thinking, how cool is this that Isaac's with Ben? I am making this work. I don't need to be out here. You know, I felt a little envious because I had a friend who's training for a fall marathon, but I just yeah. knew in the spring that was not going to be a good choice for me. And it was really hard, but I'm like, let that go. Like, that's not, that's not what's going to work for me right now. So I'm learning, like, what I viewed as stand, was standing in the way has become the way. And like I said, I'm finding these trails that are half miles from mm-hmm. our driveway. And some I knew were there, but some, there's way more there than I realized. And I, I'm benefiting a lot from the walking. I used to kind of view the walking as kind of this chore or, uh, and I'm realizing the benefits of just a nice walk, how much better, you know, my body feels and how much, how much more grounded he is when he yeah. comes back home yeah. from that. And trying to remember to be thankful, like you and I've said, this this was not, this would not have happened. He's only been walking like this. I think it's mm-hmm. been 20 months. So I'm like, even just two years ago, this was not happening. So I have to remember the progress. And I think it's easy to forget that. Or when you have a, what I consider a setback, you know, he goes into these bouts of behaviors and really hurts himself. It's just devastating. And you just feel, you can feel Mm -hmm. really hopeless. But I'm trying to really stay in what's Right. right in front of me. It's been really good. And I'm not good at that. I'm always thinking way far ahead. So that's one thing I'd encourage you to do is just Right now, he still has his day program. And you know what? He won't always have it. And it might get bumpy for a while. And you might hate it. <laughs> but the next the next thing is going to come. But I do think there needs to be... I hope there's a movement for, for better pay and incentives for people to become caregivers. Because not just for our kids, but think of all the... the, the the people we know, you know, I just went, when Ben was at camp, I went and visited my 82 year old dad and he's still doing really well, but probably in the next few years, we're going to have to look at something different for him. So I just think you, how much, how many on social media, I see all the time, people helping their yeah. parents who are dealing with dementia. And so I've always marveled at like Ben's Mr. Jeff, mm-hmm. the teacher and just 
I'm like, that would be a lot, you know, three bends. Yeah, I think <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, all individuals. That's my, but, yeah. you know, why I'm, I'm doing this topic too, is because um, not just personally, but I think that's the concern a lot of us as parents have is we recognize the turnover and the burnout with our, you know, caregivers at schools or programs and stuff. Now we don't have that option. Like as parents, we don't get to just, you know, put in our notice and say, I, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of our lives. We'll be doing this until exactly. we're no longer alive or we figure out a different arrangement. So I guess I know you're only three months in, but what is the daily look like for you and Ben? Um, you know, as, as we said, you started out, I think with your Molly's, um, program of, of life and, and living and, and, and all of that stuff and activity living, yeah. and you had it all planned out, which is what I have in my head. And I kind of on paper have done and like, okay, we could go to his lunch, favorite lunch place. And we can take a walk first thing in the morning when it's cool. And then we can maybe, you know, put on some Elmo to pass some time. And then we can do spelling to communicate. And then we can do this. And, and like you've said, we do that on the weekends now and it's 11 o'clock and we've already driven around town, gone to the car wash, had a walk because he gets up at 630 in the morning. And I, that's when I kind of get overwhelmed in my mind. Cause I think this Saturday and Sunday routine compounded into a seven day week of the same thing every day. And it's Elmo and it's walks and it's car wash and it's all that. And then it's noon and I'm exhausted and I don't know what else to do to entertain him. That's when I'm like, how am I going to do this for three years, five years, however long the wait lists are to get him into some other, some, some other people outside of myself. So what, how are you guys surviving right now? And do you see this, if he doesn't get on any of these wait lists uh, into these programs for the next five years, can you sustain what you're doing now? You think? I actually, yes, I can. And But here's the thing. If you would have asked me this same question in June, I probably wouldn't even have been able to be on this podcast <laughs> with you in June. So there's a couple things I want to tell you that I, but truly staying in the day and taking the step that's in front of you. Someone posted something really meaningful about, you know, I can't see a way through it. And they're like, can you see the next step? And yes, then just mm -hmm. take that. Someone posted that and I really needed to see that in June. So here's the thing with Skylar and Ben, like, I don't think about the, the wait list. I, I honestly don't. I did for probably the first month. I obsessed and oh my gosh, years. I don't think that way anymore. And the other thing is I have to remember, I can tell you what we're doing now, but I'm also in my head saying, okay, Molly, but you know, I'm staying in it, but also telling myself, just know the seasons are going to change and you're going to have to then stay in that day and flow with that and step into that because it, right now it's per, things are pretty nice. He seems to be responding well to his medication, but right. he's happy. So that's huge though. He's walking longer and the weather for the most part is nice. So we can do that. We have our back pool right in our backyard. And then every Friday, our local aquatic center opened up the pool in the afternoon. So that gives us every Friday, he looks forward to that. And that's a great little respite for me. I swim my workout. He swims. Um, he gets to see some of the lifeguards. They, he asks him to play certain music. So that's like, okay, cool. We got a good Friday thing going. And this is the last Friday. It's going to be available. So I have to explain that to him. And I'm sure that'll cause you know some confusion with him but right now we seem to have found this really nice state but again I'll say Tuesdays and Thursdays I'm yep. lucky I have Isaac here on the weekends I've got Isaac I've got my husband um his two other brothers which I mean so he just he has that commotion around him and he likes his brothers so I guess he has that social because to your point he doesn't have friends so I feel like, yeah, try really hard. Like I said, I catastrophized a, a lot of it. Is that a word I want to mm -hmm. use? I just everything was, oh my gosh, how yeah. am I gonna? And it's like, blah, 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 blah. just whoa. The reason I love Easter Seal so much, my sister, who's the doctor, said, oh, what, how, at what age can he, does he stop going? 
There is no age cutoff. That's why I love this organization. They've been around about a hundred years. I will say this, Easter Seals, whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. If you took Skylar, you're going to be straight. Oh, but he's, you know, he's going to need yeah. help with the toilet. He's going to, they don't care. Oh, that's awesome. This, these AmeriCorps, they're, they're amazing. The first, I was worried Ben was going to want to come home because he's very attached to me right now. Ha. He was like shooing me out of that first time this summer. He didn't show any separation anxiety. But he'd been there a few hours. He had a yogurt, which he takes his medication with and it had some berries in it. Then it's kind of a new thing. If he eats too much or too fast, he throws up. He threw up within a few hours of camp. They didn't even tell me till later when I checked in. Like I'm so used to that. That so often would be, oh, you yes. have to come and get oh, him. Yeah. yeah, if he had a fever. or what. <laughs> yeah. But And they did the whole temp check COVID test before he went in. But they knew that about Ben from prior visits. But they have very medically complex needs. They do kid, young children, teens, young adults, adults. Ben's now in the young adult group. It's a week, a week every summer. And then you can sign up. Um, they send the calendar out and you, you put in what you want. And there are, you know, wait lists, but he's always gotten in. Um, he doesn't get into as many sessions as he used to because they're, they're pretty busy. But he can go a few weekends throughout the year too. And sometimes it feels like in the winter when I'm driving him up there because I drop him off on a Friday night, I pick him up Sunday morning. So it's pretty fast. It's an hour drive each way. That's fine. But he loves it so much. It's like you and I talk, it's social. It's, and, and he hasn't, this was the first time I think he paid more attention to the peers. Usually it's just all about the counselor who has them. And he's, so part of the reason he doesn't have friends is he, he likes the adult. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to work a little bit on that too. Yeah. But whatever they're doing, I do want to pick their brains more. And they did, I have seen emails from them that this summer they are, they are facing staff shortages. Um, which makes me really sad. So from what I understand and gather, AmeriCorps, kind of like the Peace Corps, so they, they hire these young kids, and I think they do a lot of things, a lot of like Habitat for Humanity type stuff. You, One of the AmeriCorps things is help people with disabilities at camps like Easter Seals. So they get these kids, and I've seen a lot of these young kids return, like the age of your daughter. She might do it every summer mm -hmm. she's at Purdue. So it's it says something that they're coming back, but eventually they do move on. But whatever they're doing for the most part seems to be working. And these kids, again, think of your daughter's age. I'm amazed. They are just not phased. And they say the nicest things I about your a lot kids. Of them have siblings it's that never, are special needs. You yeah. do wonder because it's so like, oh, he was so, and oh, but, but I heard he, you know, did he get mad? Oh, he got mad once, but they never, you know, there's nothing worse than when someone comes out, oh, he had a, he had a day. I know. That's something that. So however, they're, school all yeah. the time when they bring him to the car, I've said it repeatedly. Do not tell me the negative. I can read it on the note. Don't say it in front of him. Stop talking about how many aggressions he had and how much SIB he had. I don't care I don't want to know I surely he had something great that happened in the day so I mean you know they're getting better about that it's just I mean I wouldn't want to hear all the negative things about myself at the end of a day it just brings them down well and it's true and they understand a lot you know Ben understands his receptive language is very good and you're right and one of the favorite things my Ben's um elementary teacher in Minneapolis said to me because he got really upset one day and it just, it always makes you sad. You know, I just felt bad for her. You know, she was the target of his aggression. And she said, but Molly, it was five minutes. It was five minutes of his day because I was the one making a bigger deal about it than she was at that point. Cause I felt so bad. And I thought she's like, so he was here six and a half hours. Yeah. And I <laughs> perspective. Thought, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. so did him attending the camp and his reaction to leaving the camp, which was he, he was sad and didn't want to leave. Have you and your husband talked about future housing, you know, situations for Ben? Obviously, you have three other kids, two for sure that are, um, you know, in college and doing kind of their thing. And I never want to put that on Kendall, that she's responsible, my daughter, for, um, you know, taking care of Skylar. And I was always admittedly the parent who said, 
I'm never, ever going to let Skylar live anywhere else. He's going to live with me until the day that I die. And that is what it is because no one takes care of him like I do or cares about him like we do and whatever. And then I had a couple moms, but one in particular on the podcast that I'll never forget when she said the the statement about Skylar needing a life of his own outside of me too. But also she's like, wouldn't you rather find him a place that you pick that you can check in on and, you know, monitor while you're alive versus something tragic happening to you or your husband. And he is an emergency placement plucked out of everything he knows and put into the first place as an opening. And he has no idea what's happening to his life. And I'm like, Oh my God. Well, in that perspective, I mean, we know we're not, live forever (laughs) and it's sad and it's you know I hate even thinking about it but it's really gotten me to this place of if I can find a one-on-one type situation and assisted living where the staff is paid very well and they really love their job and I can tell that they love Skylar and they're having and we can visit him as much as we want and it's down the road from our house all the things ideal you know in the situation I, I I'm really considering it now because I want him to have his own life and we deserve to have a little bit of a life too, you know, in our retirement years. You know, that's a good, that, you know, if you would have asked me that even five years ago, I've been like, Oh, I can't talk about it. Our plan is that we have no plans for having him live anywhere else, but here. However, I am becoming more open to it like you said because I learned what would be ideal for me and I follow some families in the UK and I think this is awesome but again they age out this one family that have a daughter is very similar to Ben and her needs and her behaviors and she goes they call it school they take her on a Thursday like afternoon evening and I think they pick her up Sunday or Monday and it's so it's it's this Mm -hmm. residential and then she comes back home like Monday through Thursday, it's, and I thought, boy, that's, and she loves it, and unfortunately, she'll age out of it, but I, I was thinking about Easter sales, and again, you'd have to, because they've got the whole, they've got acres and acres, and they've got the housing yeah. up there, the cabins, and the buildings, and, but yeah, it would be having, they've got a coordinator that lives up there year-round, uh, one of the gals I, I know was there seven years, did it full-time seven years, there's benefits for those people, it's, it's, they get their housing covered. This magic place, almost like, so if Ben had the option where I drove him up, I would do it every week. You know, like I said, it's an hour. That's not that big of a deal. Because I've realized it does mm-hmm. make him happy and he does come home more independent. Okay, for a long time, I was like, no, 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 no. We're never doing that. Like, yeah. no, we're not. No, he's our son. We're never doing that. But if I found something where he like this, camp that he loves to go to yeah um I would love to do like a 50 50 or 60 40 whatever scenario with that's him what that, I would love to yeah I Not think all and I think that's something maybe we you and I you know I'd be I'd be willing to help you research that is is there something like that because it gives the parents the respite and then it gives the respite respite because I do think operating you know a group home seven days a week it's hard and you just you don't know yeah and this whole other layer and you and I am sorry we could talk for hours the whole other thing unfortunately is I've been in situations or taken Ben to events or things I won't name them there are individuals there that have been they are wards of the state the parents have terminated their rights and that's really sad. Yeah. So unfortunately, sometimes these group homes are getting an individual. Right. And they don't have anyone. They Like you and I, like I'm going to, like when Ben's at camp, I love getting texts. Like some of them are like, some yeah. parent, and I, I don't, some parents are like, nope, I, I just want, that's fine too. But what I'm saying is it has to go both ways. Like for the, the special needs person needs a strong family unit and that doesn't necessarily have to be parents but somebody because the person caring for does that make sense on the other end yeah I mean it's a it's a big process with um roommate selections and stuff and um uh, a, a woman that was on here earlier um that's in a different episode Betsy she was talking a lot about um 
partners for housing. It's, it's in Washington state. And oh, I is actually that Betsy on the go? Yep. Is it, yep. Oh, good. I'm glad yep. you talked to her because she's a new yep, fine. She yeah. She's has her. Yeah. We've aired her when this airs, she'll have aired. We have aired her episode, but she um, led me on to um, or turned me into uh, partners for housing. And so I've reached out to them and they're actually going to be on an episode too. Um, I'm pre-recording all of these for everyone listening. So like, I don't know when they're going to play and when they're going to be airing, but, um, but I filled out a 13 page questionnaire um, with partners for housing. You pay a $500 fee and we'll go into it. I'm sure more in the episode, but um and they will look all over the 50 states for wow. housing options and stuff like that for you. And a lot of the questionnaire was roommates and like how involved I would be and what kind of situation I would want. And they they want you to be very specific. Like, I mean, I know one of the things for Skylar that would just not go well is if somebody lived in the house that was very physically aggressive and violent. Yeah. And and punching walls and stuff because he's just so mild mannered and very quiet the only hitting he does is to himself or he'll slap us on the arm and stuff yeah when he's, that's his aggression he doesn't punch walls and scream and do any of those things and I just I don't want to put him in an environment that will make him just very uncomfortable so of course I wouldn't just you know go by any, any home that has an opening and, and move in it. I mean, like you said, ideally I would love to even buy a home with one other family who has a child that's similar in, in behaviors to Skylar. And the parents are similar to Josh and I, like you guys, where we would all manage the home together and we would check in on both of our boys and, you know, all of that stuff. And a caregiver would live there with them. They each have their own and that kind of thing. I would love to do that. And there we need, I think, more of that because of what you said with assisted living and group homes. It's kind of becoming, this is going to sound so cruel, but a dumping ground for families who don't want to just do I this know. anymore. And they're just turning over their kids and it breaks my heart. I would probably adopt one of those kids if they lived in oh, a home. Oh, yeah, I know you and I, I thought about, well, I might as well just, uh, oh, and you're, yeah. It's that would be terrible. So, so yeah, I mean, there's, there might not be options out there, but we need to just create them. We're just going to have to create what the best scenario is. And like I told you, and I've told everybody very openly, we are willing to move wherever we have to move. So if I can find a state that has great day programs and they're open and, you know, that he would enjoy it, then I will find a family in that town and we'll do this housing thing. I, I don't know. That's awesome. <laughs> I am not going to until we know everybody's and you happy. know what I do think you have to think outside the box and think about you know what does work in a group home and what doesn't because you're right I know when I drop Ben off it's always a huge reality check because you're checking in and so you talk to a nurse and and um yeah Ben Ben will vocally kind of stem and stuff but it's not yeah there's it's not there are certain individuals yeah that they just scream out that's just what they do and even I had to like turn my head and then I'm like I should know better but it just it's more of a startle you know, then I'm mm -hmm. trying to stare, I'm not judging, but I'm just like, oh, like, and I kind of watch how's Ben tolerating all this. And I know there's, yeah. yeah, Ben isn't super destructive to property, but sometimes like he'll put a dent in the drywall with this when he's upset. I always say he hurts himself more than he hurts anyone else. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so there's certain people that might see someone like Ben and go, nope, that's not going to work with mine, you know? And so them staying home, but you also pose the question of, the independence piece and my husband and I have talked about either doing something with the house we have or I've thought about buying a duplex because and that Isaac could live on one side we could live on the other and Ben Ben could visit Isaac or maybe because Ben and Isaac share yeah. a room right now Isaac's really good with him we could so we yeah we're always thinking like yeah because Isaac very much wants to live independently but we just worry about vulnerability him you know, again, I, I love that Isaac drives. I love that he works. But Greg and I, like, Isaac, go point A to point B, then come back. Like, I'm going to live forever, and so is Ben. And then we're just <laughs> Oh, me gonna... too. I mean, that's how we're we just... run, right? That's how we lift weights. That's why we do all the things. So I can be eternally healthy and young forever. Yes. But, you know, God probably has but other But, you know, you're right. <laughs> I have to think about that. And you remind me, too. I, like I said, we could talk for hours. I mean, I my husband and I are long overdue to update our will and yep, checking on the trusts and there's all that and 
sometimes, yeah, I just can't think about it. And then I'll get like, once I'm on it, I'm on it again. But yeah, that's normal. Well, I yeah. wanted to at least ask you before we um, end about no label knits. So um, those are the knit hats that you make, right? You make and I you do. sell and ship out and all of that. Um, so did you initially start that as just a side business for you or something to, to do? Or does that tie into um, caring for Ben like later, was it a business idea to kind of- It did, it just, him? it came to me, I think this is our fifth season, but four years at that, because I started at the worst time of year. Um, I sort of had a panic five years ago, panic attack over Ben and Isaac's future. They were 16 and I was having a hard time figuring out where Isaac could be employed. So yeah, it started from, can I make a product that Isaac can, it was primarily Isaac. Isaac can be involved in and Ben, can they be involved in it? And I've had tons of ideas on where this could go and reality is kind of setting in on things. But the first season was make the hats. Isaac can help uh, write out shipping labels, help me, you know, the post office, I'll just, and I'll pay him cash so he understands, like, gosh, when you do this, you get paid. When you do a job, you get paid. And it went really well. And he loved, um, he started driving when he was 18. So, like, two years into it, he loved locally, like, driving to either the post office to help me ship him or driving him out to a person's home. We usually knew the person. So, it was mm -hmm. I wasn't just having him go to some random place. And he sort of aged out of it. Like he, and I figured out, yeah, that he had some good skills. And then with Ben, I don't know how much Ben actually cares about it, but he loves going to the post office and I'll have him like hand over hand sign the care tag. So one thing I learned last year, I became really obsessive about it and a people pleaser. And I realized, yeah, I make each one of them. I knit, hand knit each one. I don't use a loom or a machine. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just not what I do. And it was creating serious hand pain because again, the long distance runner in me, like go through the pain, go keep going. Mm -hmm. not, a, not always a good idea. So the hand pain was one of those things that was in the way that's become the way because it's caused me to really slow down and actually enjoy making them again because I did become almost just a machine over it. And I was trying to make everyone happy and fill every single order. And I realized you, you can't, you just yeah. can't. So I'm dialing it back this year. I, this wasn't my intention, but after about even just six weeks of doing it, it was, it was really cool to make some income because I hadn't made income in a few years and I hadn't made any significant income since I had the boys. So that was really cool, but it quickly occurred to me how fun it was to fundraise and give 10% to Easter seals. Yeah. It was the way I could do it. So I loved, that was a huge driver. And then I was able last year to raise enough funds to scholarship some a child with autism to get survival swim lessons. So my, my passion for water safety and survival swim and my love of what Easter seals is doing and that they've been around a long time and that I can give back financially has been awesome so those still drive me yeah so and it's I've also been looking at the stock I have and I'm like you know I did all right I, I I've got a pretty good stash going and I, I am learning a lot but this this season with having been home full-time I now don't have six hours where I can communicate process orders like I had it has mm -hmm. to work within him so for I've been going back and forth about hanging it up. I'm not going to hang it up. I'm going to continue to do it in some capacity because I love, I love the Easter seals angle. I love that Ben is getting out and helping ship them. I might even have him sit. I only do like one. I'm not, it's funny. I'm not even a crafty person at all. So the fact that I do a craft fair makes me laugh, but I might have him come this year and sit with me. We'll see how that goes. Um, but the no label at one point, and I, I would love to somehow make this work at one point. I thought, boy, what if I could go into the high schools and teach 
kids with special needs that want to learn how to knit, how to make hats and put the label on them and ship them. And then I would, they get the full profit from that. You know, I have all these ideas now with Ben home full time. I still love that. I have ideas. It feels yeah. good. Yeah. It'll come to how. you when it, it'll, it'll yeah. all happen at the time it's supposed to and the way that it's supposed to, but I think that's a cool idea. And I, I love the hats. I love the, just the whole concept of it. And, um, and just giving you something to do on. It is, <laughs> on it is nice. And, and all you know, your free yeah. time. <laughs> and all my free time. Cause I got too, cause that's how I get about things. I got way too like obsessed with it. And like I said, when I think about the excruciating pain I was in and I continued, I'm like, why, why are yeah. you doing this? And I need my hands to help care for him. So um, well, I, I mean, I so appreciate you sharing. I know, like we've said a couple times, you're early into this process of having been home every day. And um, if people aren't following No Label Knits on Instagram already, I highly encourage everyone to do so. Uh, I love your writing and I love just how honest and detailed you are about your experiences as you're kind of learning them and going through it. And I follow them because I need the um, all the feedback I can get and all the head start I can get from your experiences. So thank you for just your transparency and sharing Ben and all of your beautiful boys with, with all of us. Well, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.